Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tommy on a Sunday podcast, Grace Hockey. Grace, we are here coming to you on, on hump day, and it feels like we've got a lot of little nuggets of news that we're going to dive into. So nothing major, but certainly little things that are important to pass along. So we will dive into that. But first, don't forget, if you want to hear all of our Patreon exclusive episodes and hear everything that we do before you can hear it in the regular feed, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, the big news in the entertainment world, Grace, on Tuesday was the announcement of the 96th Annual Academy Award nominations. Those came out early on Tuesday morning on the East, but very early on the West Coast at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And as always, some familiar theatrical names were included in the nominees. Everybody from Coleman Domingo getting a nomination, his first for the movie Rustin, Jeffrey Wright being nominated for American Fiction, Emma Stone for Poor Things, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Mark Ruffalo also for Poor Things, Danielle Brooks and Divine Joy Randolph both being nominated in the Best Supporting Actress category for their roles in The Color Purple and The Holdovers, respectively. Lots of theatrical names in there. It was very fun. There were certainly some interesting snubs, which we can get into if you want, Grace. But of course, we will have a list in the show notes of all of the nominees and from somebody who might have spent way too much time putting this article together where you can stream everything that was nominated for the Academy Awards this year. I'll have that in the show notes. But Grace, I don't know how much time since this you know, started during your workday, uh, how much time you've had to digest all of the discourse around these nominations or even really look at them. But do you have any thoughts coming out of the nominations, either in terms of people you were happy that were nominated or films you were happy that were nominated or any things that might have gotten under your crawl a little bit? The song from Theater Camp not being an original song for nomination, but two songs from Barbie is cuckoo crazy to me. The fact that Margot Robbie is not included in the nominations, that Greta Gerwig is not nominated. It just, the math isn't mathing. And I'm just, Ken is a great song. It's fun. But I, I just, and then Ryan Gosling getting a nomination. It's just, it's hard. Like he's great. He's great. And I wanted an nom. I really did. But I thought in conjunction with yeah. these two other things, I just, it hurts my heart, actually. Yeah, it was a very strange nominations around the Barbie of it all. I mean, it kind of is the most perfect representation of what that movie is about. Now, in fairness, America Ferreira did get nominated for Barbie. So she she is a, a woman who was nominated for a performance in that. And Greta Gerwig was nominated, along with Noah Baumbach, for Best Adapted Screenplay. So... There were plenty of nominations for Barbie. It had the the third or the fourth most nominations with eight. But it seems kind of crazy with that when a film makes a billion dollars, is nominated for Best Picture, has all of these nominations, yet the two people at the center of that success aren't nominated is a little is a little uh, alarming or noteworthy, at least. Um, speaking specifically of Greta Gerwig, who, in my opinion, just created this incredible world in that film, and that is very much what a director is supposed to do in a film like that. Um, the other directing nominees were 
Justine Triet for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. So Justine Triet for Anatomy of a Fall is a, a woman and is nominated in that category, but still certainly, um, as you said, Grace, a little cuckoo luku that Margot and Greta weren't included. All right, let's stick with a little bit of the businessy side of things and talk real quick about last week's Broadway grosses. Overall, Broadway maintained its 26 shows on the main stem, but there were some significant things that have changed there, mainly because Sweeney Todd, which has been one of the perennial favorites at the top of the grosses list since it opened, has lost some of its stars. So that is certainly going to be changing how the grosses are are showing there. But overall, the main stem grossed $27,657,991 last week. Its attendance was effectively flat at 218,287 butts in seats, and the average ticket price was $126.70. The aforementioned Sweeney Todd in seven performances actually led every show on Broadway. Obviously, people were very excited to get in for the final week of Annalie Ashford and Josh Groban. It came in at $2,111,146. It was followed by Lion King at $1.9 million, Hamilton at $1.9 million, Merrily We Roll Along at $1.8, and Wicked at $1.76. The rest of the shows north of seven figures included MJ, Cursed Child, Back to the Future, Gutenberg, which is great, Moulin Rouge, and Juliet, Shucked in its final week on Broadway, Spamalot, The Book of Mormon, and Six. Down at the other end of the scale, Prayer for the French Republic in just seven performances came in at $331,741. How to Dance in Ohio was next at $387,000. And then Appropriate, which only did seven performances, was at $452,000. All right, let's get into some of these nuggets here, Grace. This is something that you probably know already or knew uh, was going to be coming already, but... Earlier this week, the upcoming Broadway production of The Wiz announced that it will resume its national tour next year. So we know that the show is currently going is currently on tour now, heading up to its Broadway premiere at the at the at the marquee on March 29th. But a second leg of the tour will begin in February of 2025 after the show has premiered on Broadway. The only date that we know of right now is in Dallas, Texas. That'll be in September of 2025. But obviously, there will be lots of other dates announced. It is starting to get to that time of year, Grace, when I start to have to bust out a spreadsheet and try to figure out what's coming here to Orlando. But I would certainly love to see this one on that list. And some other news over across the pond, it was announced that Jerry Mitchell will return to the musical Becoming Nancy when it has its UK premiere later this fall. It'll take place at the Birmingham Rep, which you might remember is the place where the new Sinatra musical starring Matt Doyle and Anna Villafanye had its premiere. The show will begin performances on October 2nd and play through November 2nd. You might remember that pre-pandemic, this show had a world premiere tryout at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta. It is based on a novel by Terry Rowland. It has a book by Elliot Davis with music by George Stiles and lyrics by Anthony Drew. The show had kind of been hoping to come uh, to Broadway, but that has not yet materialized. Perhaps a successful run in the UK will bring that over here. No casting or other additional creative team members have been announced at this time, but those will obviously come uh, in the coming months. It was crazy, Grace, because when I saw this this press release, I was like, oh, 
it's starting in, in, in October, the beginning of October. That's that's pretty soon. We should be getting announcements. And then I realized, I don't know what month it is. It's only January. What oh, is Matt. time? And wh- I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, no, for sure. That's first of all, hilarious. Second of all, like we've, we've seen this a lot recently where a show will maybe have an out of town, the pandemic, pandemic. Wow. (laughs) So a lot of shows that had hopes probably to come 2020 or otherwise got stalled during the pandemic. And we're noticing a lot of these like out of town tryouts or what have you now going across the pond in hopes to kind of like gain some more momentum and then come back. So it's a great viable option for a lot of people. I think it's really exciting. And I'm curious if casting changes with some of those um, opportunities, but we're certainly watching them because everyone's trajectory is really different right now. And it's interesting because Jerry Mitchell is not only doing this show over in the UK, but he is also going to be doing a new version of the Devil Wears Prada over there as well. He was not involved in the Chicago tryout, another show that had you know an out-of-town run that people thought might be coming straight to Broadway. That didn't happen. He is taking over as a director. That'll happen in 2020. Oh, gosh, is that later this year as well? I I can't remember. But in a segue that I did not plan, but works perfectly, yesterday we found out who the host of the 2024 Olivier Awards will be, and it will be Hannah Waddingham, who may or may not be starring in a musical that I just referenced. She had hosted the show last year, and she will return. She, of course, is a multiple Olivier Award nominee. Could not be better. I would love her to host the Tonys, to be quite honest with you. If you watched her Apple TV holiday special, she was great kind of leading that show. I would love to get her back on a New York stage, whether that is in a show full time or just hosting the awards. Speaking of kind of like one off events, recent Broadway radio guest Nick Fradiani is going to be performing post show concerts over at A Beautiful Noise. He's going to be doing Neil Diamond songs that were actually cut from A Beautiful Noise. It is going to be called Nick at Night. Very clever. Fradiani sings more Neil. It will feature cut songs that were at one point considered to be included in the show, but are not. It'll be a one night only event following the February 6th performance at the Broadhurst Theater. It will also feature a special guest appearance by Nick's new co-star, Amber Artolino, uh, who is currently playing one of his wives, his second wife, I think, in the show. I can't keep the order uh, altogether. But Grace, I, I know this is something that you're a big fan of, and I think you work on as well. But like these little events, whether they happen in the theater or elsewhere around the community, like I just think these are so smart especially shows that are long running and continuing to not only get their name out in press releases and on podcasts like this, but also just to keep people excited about the show and to remind them that this thing is still running. Yeah, 100%. I mean, a lot of the people that are loving Beautiful Noise so much, they're repeating, they're coming over and over and over again. So giving them an opportunity to continue to um, have another thing to look forward to after the show is really exciting. It's hardly ever done. It's it's very, I, from my understanding, costly to do things post-show, even talk back. So the fact that they're able to do this is really outstanding and kudos to everybody at the Broadhurst making it happen. Yeah, when I spoke to Nick last week, he talked about the fact that like the audience really has been supporting this show and it has been the traditional Neil Diamond audience for the first year of the show. But now that they are getting into this second year, they are starting to see the audiences actually get younger, uh, which I think is really fascinating as more people who had kind of not thought that it was something that would be up their alley when it initially opened to be like, okay, it's been running for a while. Maybe I should actually go check it out. And they are starting to come and enjoy it. And I think stuff like this can only help that. All right. Speaking uh, of another one night event, 
Yesterday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced details for its 2024 Broadway Backwards Annual Benefit, which celebrates the LGBTQ plus community through musical theater songs and kind of interpreting them in different ways. This year, the show will take place at Broadway's new Amsterdam Theater on March 11th. It is an annual event that benefits Broadway Cares as well as New York City's Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Community Center. The performers, as always, will be incredible because every year between this and miscast they are just the biggest broadway stars in the community performing songs that they wouldn't have an opportunity to do often otherwise and they will be announced at a later date this is interesting grace because this week i also got my email like hey you can start thinking about getting tickets for miscast as well so like these two shows always tied together because of their similar constructions like getting the news out at the same time were was very very on brand as far as i was concerned yeah, someone mentioned um, MCC in front of me today, and I was like, "Miscast? What? Are, when? Who? Where? Why?" What? What? Um, yeah. Um, so we're definitely on high alert for all of these spring community activities like this. Matt and I are specifically excited about all of these community events. All right, let's dive into a couple related feel-good recommendations, and they both have to do. With Lady Gaga. The first one is the fact that Lady Gaga's Born This Way Foundation has teamed up with the upcoming solo play My Son's a Queer But What Can You Do written and performed by Rob Madge. The partnership will feature different activations across the Lyceum Theater and throughout social media and online and stuff. The special focus of the partnership will be supporting the Be There Certificate which is a free self-paced interactive online mental health course that teaches young people how to support somebody who is struggling with their mental health. Um, Grace, I the word activations is very much a marketing and events type of thing that I don't think a lot of people really know what that means. So for somebody who works in this, when they're talking about activations for something in this sphere, what exactly does that mean? It usually entails something that happens in person. So like anytime you see like a giveaway that or like a promotion, those are usually like in-person activations. That's them activating kind of like whatever the service is. So like even if they do like a food truck giveaway, like the way that Shucked did outside of the Nederlander Theater, that was an activation provided by Popped popcorn or whatever who their partners were um so it just definitely depends on what exactly is enclosed in that kind of deal but this is really fantastic the fact that it's not just an online there's going to be lyceum theater activations as well um it's really hard to pull off this stuff takes a lot of time and money and kudos to them for doing it i can't wait to see this in person sticking with the lady gaga stories Yesterday, it was announced that Joanne Trattoria, the New York City area restaurant that is owned by Lady Gaga's parents, Joe and Cynthia, will begin hosting weekly drag shows beginning on Valentine's Day. Juniper Genesis will host the shows and they'll be held every Wednesday. They will continue on every week from there out. In the show notes, they have a list of who will be performing at each of the first uh, handful of shows. Doors will open at 6 p.m., beginning at 7 p.m., and they will run till 9 p.m. And what's better yet, you know how difficult this is, Grace. There's no cover charge to get in. You just have to pay for your meal. We'll have a link in the show notes on where you can get reservations and more information. But uh, uh, we've heard of drag brunches, but this is a weekly drag dinner, which uh, I don't know that I've ever heard of before, Grace. Drag dinner, drag cocktail, drag brunch, drag snack, drag coffee. Give me all the drag... <laughs> Food opportunities. 
Yes, very drag and food. Uh, they're great individually, but also together as well. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.